Hey, hello and welcome back to another episode of Two Minds. I'm Wally, joined here today by Mr. Patrick. How are you today, Patrick? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you doing? No, not too bad. Did a lot of homework. Did a lot of homework. I haven't to play any of my games yet. You get to play any game. You don't have any fun. <laughs> not yet. After, after this, I will. I'll probably play Bless Unleashed for a while. There you go. After this, I'm going to do a little bit of reading. I started reading again. I actually started reading. Have you ever heard of Medium? Yeah, not that thing we were using. Yeah, duh. You have heard of it. <laughs> have you ever, like, <laughs> really heard of it? Lately, but yeah. <laughs> no, we still need to. Have you ever heard of it, like, article-wide? Like, have you ever, like, come across a Medium article, though, or anything like that? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I forgot. We did have a foray into that. We still need to do that. Duh. <laughs> um, add that to our list of new things. But on the article side, I've been trying to read on there because it's kind of like... I don't know, people can write on there that work for a news station or don't, even, like, you know, random people in, like, politics and technology and science. And it's kind of cool because somebody that, that runs a lab, for instance, can make a Medium account and put on their, you know, Joe Schmo PhD, and then they could just put on there what they want. Excuse me. And it doesn't have to go through and get, like, published. It doesn't have to get picked up by any, you know, fancy things. You can just kind of find them and be like, hey, I like your writing. It seems pretty factual. You have good credentials. I'm going to follow you. And then you just read them. And it's just really nice. I love going on there and reading because it, it almost feels like like it's like people's journals, you know? Oh, that's actually pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And I mean, there's some real news on there too, but it's mostly like things that people want to write, not what they have to write or feel they should write. So yeah, I go on and read about random life things and science and opinions and things. So, yeah. yeah, I'll sit there and scroll through it sometime. It is. I got a, I don't know what's free on there anymore. It, it's kind of like monetized. But I got a one-month subscription for free. And I was like, well, uh, this is a convenient month because we're all still stuck inside and I want to read. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, better than not doing anything. Yeah, you're right. So for your organic class, does she record like paint or something? You know, honestly, I don't know. It kind of looks like paint, but then some of the buttons don't look like paint. Yeah, it's not paint. I, I know that, but it looks... It's just like there's a bunch of colors and a bunch of pens and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's also picture and pictures. So I don't know. It's pretty cool. This, so, for people that don't know, I... Wally is tends, tends to go on Snapchat whenever he's doing his, his schoolwork. <laughs> and I see what he's doing sometimes. So, does she use her mouse? I think so, but you can't really oh gosh. <laughs> see, like, the mouse pointer. You know, I'm actually, I'll email her and ask her what uh, uh, application, is that the right word? Yeah. What, whatever she uses for it. Because that's like, okay, so like if I screen recorded on, like, my iPad and with the pencil drew chemical structures, hit erase, um, and maybe simultaneously recorded with a microphone or something... That would be cool, and it would be easy, but doing it on a computer with a mouse, that would be awful. I hate drawing with a mouse. <laughs> Maybe she's good at it. I don't know. Some people are good at it, but me, I have never been good at it. Like, if you want me to draw something in paint, it's going to look bad. <laughs> yeah, and if you give me like a pretty pencil, decently. That's cool. She Maybe she has a, uh, one of those tablet things, like the, the Wacom tabs, where it's like a, a pen pad for your, your computer. You know what I'm talking about? I think so, yeah, like a drawing tablet? 
yeah, like a drawing tablet. Like you set it on your desk next to your keyboard and you can look on your screen. You know, it's like perpendicular to the ground in front of you. You'd like look at it. You're not drawing on the screen or anything. You're like drawing on this thing on your desk and you can see what happens on the screen. Oh, okay. And it's for like artsy people that want to use real computers, I think. Uh, you know, Rachel actually wants a drawing tablet, but she wants one that actually has a screen that you can actually see what you're doing on the screen. Then it just transfers to the computer. Oh, uh, okay. But I, I emailed my to... professor, so I'll let you know. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> Maybe she's up and will respond. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, um, I just I got a curiosity. What application do you use for your videos? <clears throat> <laughs> she's probably going to be like, wow, somebody actually cares. That's cool. Because <laughs> most people are just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, who cares? <clears throat> yeah, my my classes are are still pretty much all over the place because of the uh, coronavirus lockdown. A couple of them are, you know, just lectures, like I said before. A couple of them we we had like spontaneous assignments for and an exam and stuff, but we really don't have much else going on. I had an online physics lab, which physics is cool, but online physics is is not really that cool. So yeah, it's it's the life. I don't know. How are your classes going aside from interesting, colorful, organic? Um, I guess not too bad aside from that. Well, you only have what another month. Yeah. And you're done forever. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I just want to. Be I have done. a month. I'm so tired. And a year. <laughs> I have a month and then a year and then four years and you have a month and then you're done. No more for me. <clears throat> yeah, I got an email. This is this is shocking, and I was not expecting this at all. Um, but they told me so. I must have I signed up for, it's the uh, the DO like doctor of osteopathy, um, like their application stuff, to, because I'll hopefully be applying to like DO schools eventually, and oh, okay. they sent me an, a letter in my email, and I said, dear future applicant. Uh, the American Association of College of Osteopathic Medicine Board of Deans in the 36 osteopathic medical schools recognize the unprecedented times that have impacted your path toward medical school in numerous ways. And it basically just says that congruent with our philosophy, participating schools will now adapt their application review to the following. So they're going to accept all pass-fail, satisfactory, unsatisfactory coursework, regardless whether you school acquired this or you know you chose to or whatever except all online cord coursework including lab credits um review application with all without all required laboratory coursework if you can demonstration that they were unable to provide them so if your school could not provide the lab anymore they'll understand as long as you can prove that um looks like extended interview sessions prior to receiving the mcat score uh, let's see here. Reducing the number of healthcare experience hours and other extracurriculars that you need to complete, and you'll still need a rec letter. But like they're they're kind of docking back the requirements because they realize that it's really unrealistic. Yeah, kind of is. Like... Yeah, to me, I was shocked to get this though because for the you know past three years, two years since I've been interested in in, in doing medicine stuff, it's all been like. You'll be lucky if you even get in. This is a heartless, heartless industry, and you have to be the top and all this. And now I'm getting this email, and they're like, hey, we understand the coronavirus is an issue, and we understand a lot of people were planning on doing um, normal coursework and can't now, and they still want to apply out of school, so we're going to work with you. And this makes me really, really happy. 
Yeah, I'm glad they're willing to work with you. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's everything. It's like, hey, you didn't get to finish your extracurriculars, you're president of your club, but you never got to do anything because of the coronavirus. We get it. You know? You couldn't do real lab, you had to do an online lab. We get it. You have planned to do healthcare experience, but you don't want to go near a hospital right now because you have a compromised immune system or busy with online class. We get it. It's nice, though. Yeah, I was very happy. <clears throat> so, thank you, Robert A. Kane. Looks like President and Chief Executive Officer of ACOM. So, thank you, people of ACOM. Hopefully, I get accepted into one of your schools. Well, only time will tell. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyway, what are we talking about today, Walter? Civets. What the heck is a civet? Cat-looking thing that's not a cat. It's not a cat at all. It's more like a mongoose, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Even though they look <laughs> like cats, they're sometimes called civet cats. And <clears throat> I don't know this for a fact, but I'm sure they probably push crap off of other things like a cat does. Mm, yeah, you're probably right. They look like that kind of animal. Do your cats like to do that? Um, Coda does. What does she push off? Like uh, phones and things? He? What does he do? No, he'll literally push anything off of anywhere. If you have a drink sitting there, he'll come up and try to push it off. Does he do it knowingly, or does he try to, like, scratch against it? <laughs> no, no, he does it knowingly. He sits there and paws at it until it's off the edge, and he stares down at it, and then looks for <laughs> the next thing to push off. There's How many messes has he made? So many. He's so ridiculous. <laughs> like. <laughs> so do you have to watch what you set down throughout your house now? Um, sometimes. That or if I'm near it, I just watch for him. If I see him come out of I'll shoo him away, but I get lost. So if you, if you sat, like, a cup on your coffee table right now and left, like, went downtown, would it be there when you came back? Chances are no. Chances are he'd see it and push it off. So you do have to watch, like, where you put valuables. <laughs> yeah, like, I have this little statue of Frodo, and uh -huh. it's on my one bookshelf. And there's a bunch of other crap on his bookshelf, too. But he specifically mm -hmm. goes for Frodo. No matter Every where time. I put it, he goes and tries finding it and pushing it off. There must be something with the shape or something that he likes. Now, see, so, you know, the other cat, uh, Toaster, she doesn't mm -hmm. really do that. Interesting. So it must be a, a him thing. Yeah, he's just a jerk. <laughs> Cats do that. I was looking at, I think it was like... Animals being mean or something on Reddit today. I forget which subreddit it was, but there was just a bunch of animals. And, like, sometimes animals can be really mean to each other. Oh, my, yeah. And, like, there was this, like, random duck or goose or something that got loose in, in town. And this guy was, like, walking towards his house or something. And the goose just ran at him, like, full force, beak down, wings up. And he was, like, running away because he didn't want to get pecked. <laughs> oh, geese are mean to begin with. They're just... Yeah. They're horrible. I think it was a goose. What's that? Yeah, I thought it was great, though. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> Animals are interesting. Well, anyway, so we're talking about civets because last week we were talking about the coronavirus, which this is currently um, SARS-CoV-2, which is COVID, causes COVID-19. The SARS-CoV-1, which was from the outbreak in 2003, was believed to jump from... It occurred whenever the virus jumped from what we think bats, we think it jumped to civets and then jumped to humans. Now there could be a few other intermediates in there and this could be completely wrong. A lot of scientists though do believe that it was a civet and it was a bat that it came from um, based on the studies that they did. 
So, yeah, that's why we're talking about civets. That's why we know what they are, because I had never really heard about them nor cared to hear about them before I heard about this, and now we're interested. Yeah, I learned about them last week, and then I forgot about it by today. <clears throat> yeah. I know, because I, I, <laughs> I texted Wally earlier, and I was like, are we still doing the episode on civets tonight? And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what the heck's a civet? And I'm like, what we were talking about last week, he's like, oh! <laughs> I could tell it clicked after, like, the second snap, and you were like, oh, okay, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, was like, what? I was like, what the heck's... I thought you mistyped something. I was like, what the heck's a civet? It is weird, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's not something people hear of, but we talk about everything on this podcast, from physics to chemistry to our class schedule, and civets are biological, so we're talking about them. I like diving deep into things once in a while. It's not just we're just not talking about viruses or cats. We're talking about one particular, you know, family of things. Yeah, it's kind of interesting when you think about it, like, how we say cats and dogs, but there's different, like, species and whatnot. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the same with civets. Civets, there's yeah. different species under that. So, so they're in the same kingdom, obviously, which is Animalia. And then you still got the same phylum which is chordatus so the chordates and then you got the same class so they're mammals so you know uh, live young produce milk um, usually hairy and then you have order carnivora so then where does it change from there so we're five steps down technically if you count domain yeah so it starts to change at family uh yeah family so most of them are Part of the family Veridae, you ever want to pronounce the that? <laughs> Except for Honestly. one of them, the African palm civet, which is scientifically known as Nandinia binatata, and that one actually belongs to the family Naninidae. Naninidae. I like these. I love... It's so hard to pronounce these things, but they're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then they actually share this family, the uh, Veridae, Viviridae, however you want to pronounce it, with uh, Gannets, which I also had no idea what they, they were, so I looked them up, and now I don't remember what they look like. <laughs> so the Gannets and the Civets are both Naninidae. Okay, yeah, the Gannets look really similar. Interesting. Interesting, okay. So so we have we have two main families, and then there are a ton of different genus and even more species. So there are a ton of these different things. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them that yeah, we've so never civet, heard of. Yeah, so civet is just the common name. One of the ones that I looked into because they are, they're the biggest, is well, some of the biggest, was the African civet. And this is home to, uh, it's found coast to coast in sub-Saharan Africa. So a little bit, a little bit south in Africa. And these ones are, are very large. They can be 70 centimeters long. And it said they can have 70 centimeter tails too. So that means this thing can be basically double its length just because of its tail. So that was pretty cool. I didn't realize their tails are that long, but I guess they are. So Yeah, it's a pretty long tail. Yeah, they're pretty different. Um, these African civets are kind of interesting. I found that they, they aren't found in groups. So they don't really ever in groups. They're only in a group during mating season. And sometimes then you can find up to 15 of them in one group. And they have a two-month gestation and they birth four young. And I found it kind of interesting that whenever they birth their young, which I imagine is true for all of the civets, 
but especially true for the Africans, so from my article that I found, is that they are actually born with fur and they're able to move. So that's kind of rare, because usually mammals aren't born, like, born movable. Like, I mean, think about, like, a newborn baby. Like, yeah, kids can move to a point, but they, they can't really move that much. And usually, you know, like, humans don't have a ton of hair. Sometimes they can be born with hair, but usually there's not a ton. But I guess these things, they, they have way more developed in the hair and the uh, motility standpoint, which is good. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it is. And I imagine, I mean, obviously, if you're getting hunt, hunted by a lion and you're a newborn civet, you're not going to get away. But I imagine if you are a newborn civet, it's a little bit easier and you have a little bit better chances because of that movement. And it also probably makes them a little bit easier on the mom to not have to move you around constantly. So I imagine that's a little bit evolutionarily helpful. So, you know, they can kind of move on their own and get out of the way on their own and stuff a little bit earlier than other animals, maybe. Which is good, because in the wild, you want to be able to outrun the next guy or hide the next guy. Yeah, it's usually for the best. You don't want to get caught and eaten by a lion. Yeah, that's not good. No, that's not how you survive. No. So while we're on that subject, uh, lions and, um, so, so they're, they can, they are hunted. So they do hunt, they do eat, they eat rodents and snakes and lizards and frogs and insects and fruit that falls down from trees and berries. So they eat a good bit of stuff. So they're, they're omnivores and they are, they're predated by lions, leopards, crocodiles and snakes and these are large snakes so a small snake isn't really going to do much damage but a large snake would no like sir hiss isn't going to be able to eat one of those no i don't maybe a a kid like a young civet yeah like a fresh born civet a fresh born civet fresh born civet because sir hiss could probably outmaneuver a a fresh born civet which would be really sad but (laughs) that's biology (laughs) it happens in nature all the time (laughs) That's true. How is Serhus doing? We used to do all kinds of podcasts on that snake with the opposite gender name. <laughs> yeah, she just uh, <laughs> ate today. She's doing okay. How many times? You said you feed her like once a month, don't you? Uh, twice a month. Twice a month. Yeah, because you sent me a snap a couple weeks ago and it was just something and it was just the last like 10 seconds or two seconds of a, a mouse's life. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of dark, isn't it? It is a little dark. Now, whenever she eats a mouse, does it does it die instantly or no? Um, pretty much. So what she does is she lunges for it, and then after mm-hmm. lunging, she'll put her fangs into it to hold it, and then she okay. wraps around it and constricts it, and then maybe 10 seconds later, it dies from lack of oxygen to constriction. Okay. So it's a very short death. Like, it's not, yeah. not long and drawn out. Which, that's good. I, It's always good in biology whenever something is simple because it's kind of like it would be happening in the wild so the fact that it happens in your bathtub isn't really that unethically you know ethically different you know and in all fairness i did try feeding her uh frozen ones so you like get the frozen ones you thaw them out and then you yeah. give it to them but she didn't like that she refused to yeah. eat it so the only thing she'll eat is live yeah and to keep her alive that's what you have to do 
I imagine that's part of the reason that a lot of people don't want snakes because it's a lot more hassle. But hey, you only have to feed it once every two weeks, which is kind of nice. I mean, I could technically feed her once a month and she'd be perfectly fine. Yeah, you just like to... Does does she show any weight difference? Like, does she get fat or anything? Not really, no. No, I imagine if you if you fed her constantly, would she eat constantly or is there a point where she'll just be like, no? Um, if she refuses it, it just means she's not hungry. So she will not kill it just to kill it. She will only kill it to eat it. Yes, yeah, snakes, uh, they only... Well, I mean, I'm sure if it was threatening her, she'd probably kill it. But yeah. aside from that, she would pretty much avoid it. Like, if it came at her, she would just, like, slither away or she'd actually mm -hmm. ball up. Which is, like, their mm -hmm. little defense mechanism. Yeah, because, I mean, you don't think about it, but, like, a mouse or something could technically hurt them. I mean, if it if it scratched them or... Or bit them in the right place. Yeah, that's why it's not recommended to feed live, because the mouse can uh -huh. fight back and it can potentially kill her. But so I always sit in there until I know the mouse is dead. That way if something does happen, I can quickly hit the mouse, you know. Yeah, so it doesn't like Not that I'd want snake. to, but <laughs> if I had to. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So do you uh Whenever you do that, do, do you just then, like, just let her in there for a while, or do you put her back in her cage? Like, when do you move her? Um, so I feed her... Or when does she move? I always get her two mice. I feed her the first one, and then once she's completely done with it, she'll usually try slithering out of the tub. Mm -hmm. So that's when I know to pick her up, put her back in the tub, and give her the second one. Okay. And then as soon as she finishes that one, she'll try slithering out again, and then I just pick her up and bring her back to her cage. Because sometimes if I'm off doing something else, she'll slither out of the tub, Mm -hmm. And then I gotta try to like reach under the tub and get her, or she's wrapped herself around metal, so I gotta sit there and try to unwrap her, and she just doesn't <laughs> want to go. She's happy where she's at, but I'm like, no, you can't stay there. You gotta go back into your cage. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get cold eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus, if I imagine you and Rachel do not want to get out of the shower and see a giant snake. <laughs> oh, we've lost her once. Like, <clears throat> she got out of the tub and we lived in Chambersburg. Mm -hmm. And then we had to, there was these claw, this like shelving unit built into the wall pretty much. Mm -hmm. But then there was one part where she was able to slither up and get behind the wall. So she managed to do that. So we had to pretty much take off a piece of the wall to get her. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's like you stupid snake. Like. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Didn't you think the cat like did something with them? Well, yeah, because the cat uh, killed candy corn. Coda did. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, jerk. <laughs> Cats can be jerks. Well, that's interesting. Anyway, Civis. <laughs> that was our, our bi-monthly off-topic snake talk. <laughs> so another thing I saw that <clears throat> definitely sets them apart from cats is that they don't mm -hmm. have retractable claws. Or not. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. Like, because dogs, their, their claws are non-retractable, but cats can retract theirs. Mm -hmm. And civets cannot. Yeah, I found that interesting, too. It's like, if you ever have, like... I don't know, I used to do this whenever there's there's kittens around, and you're, like, holding one, and then you, like, go to drop it, and it's stuck on you, and it's like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to be careful, because whenever they're kittens, their claws can easily break, and they don't have full, like, retractability around there. So you kind of have to massage the paws a little bit to get the, the claws to go in, and then you can just pull the cat off of you. But I used to have that issue whenever people would, like, hand me a kitten. And I'm like, oh, yay, cool, how nice. And after a little, I'd get mad. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to set you down. And it'd be stuck. And it's like, well, you can't control these because you're too little. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that's interesting because 
yeah, I know it's helpful for cats because, you know, they don't get stuck to things and they can protect them a little bit. So that's interesting that they can't because they're roaming around, you know. Yeah, for some reason they just you... evolve differently. Yeah, which makes sense because they are closer to something like a mongoose. I even saw a, uh, a source compared them to closer to a weasel. So they're definitely closer to those things than your household cat. And they're, I mean, a good deal bigger, too. I mean, there's some big cats out there, but, like, these are definitely bigger. They're pretty cool looking, and, man. Yeah, they are cool looking. They, their, their faces... Was I, was just, I was just about to say about their faces. Yeah, they look like raccoons. Yeah, they have, like, all of them have those dark eyes. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like a grayish face with the dark gray around the eyes to black. And their their ears are a little bit pointy and kind of curved outward. And... Yeah, they have usually, you know, black and white and a little bit of tan, it looks like, kind of markings on their back. And they kind of have, like, a little spotted design, some of them do. Um, and, yeah, they're very, very interesting, and they're very dark, most of them. You know, meerkats you look at, and they have light fur, you know, almost like a blonde. Like, these things are mostly dark. Like, the contrast is pretty high on them. And it's also interesting that they're makes them kind of look funny that their hind legs are positioned lower than their front legs. Yeah, it's, it's so almost they're, like they're, they're going up at an angle. Yeah, they're like angled upward, like a ramp of some sort. Which makes you wonder how is that? Does it help them run faster? Does it help them climb? Like it kind of. Yeah, they also have, have a lot longer hind limbs, even though their 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 back is lower. So their back is lower to the ground than their their shoulders are. Um, but their back limbs are much longer, so they're even angled back like that. I would bet it's for, like, speed, because if you have longer legs, you can usually go a little bit faster, and it's probably also for launching, too, so if they want to catch something, you know, they can lunge at it and catch it instead of, you know, waiting back. And it's also, so like, if you have like a, going mm -hmm. back a little bit here, <clears throat> we're yeah. talking about them being part of the class carnivora, which is, you know, the carnivores, but they mm -hmm. tend to be omnivores, or even there are some that are actually herbivores, too. Yeah. So it's like it's, Which is weird. They kind of an exception they to look, the rule. Yeah, so they kind of look like they would be kind of scary, you know, predatorial-like creatures. But a lot of them enjoy fruits and mm -hmm. other things like that. And I would bet that the ones that are more focused on, on fruits and, and vegetable eating, I would bet those ones have evolutionarily a little bit less speed and a little bit less power in their legs because they don't have to, you know, hunt as much. Just think about it. Like, like look at a pig. So a pig's hind legs are pretty close to its front legs. And whenever a pig starts, it's just, it's standing there one minute and then the next minute it's just trotting away. Like, it doesn't have, like, a launch. You know, there's no pig that's, like, zoom across the road, you know? This is back with my analogies. Sorry. <laughs> But like this thing, you know, you have this, this, these hind legs that can wind up and propel it really fast. So, relatively speaking, you know, it doesn't go like 100 miles an hour or anything, but, you know, it's, it's faster. So if you have a pig, it's like, okay, well, it's moving now. This thing's like, whoa, where'd it go? You know? Pigs can actually move pretty quick, though. They can, but it's more like do. a constant. Yeah, yeah, they don't, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, their, their hind legs, yeah, they have a little bit higher hind legs, but, like, not much. Pigs are also extremely intelligent. Pigs are cool. 
Have you ever met uh, Alfred? I have met Alfred multiple times. <laughs> He's a big pig. Yeah, that's your brother's pig for those that don't know. <laughs> yeah, they brought him. They brought him to work one day. I was I was at, at, at McDonald's and I looked out the window. They didn't bring him in the store. That's you know health violation. They wouldn't happen. But they I looked out the window and they they dropped him out of the back of their car in the parking lot and set him there. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> And, like, this is, like, right in the parking lot in, in, you know, in town and by a drive-thru. And I'm, like, people are probably going through ordering their food and they're looking, that's a pig. <laughs> he, so he brought him a visit. sometimes, like, like oh uh, gosh. put it on a harness and walk it around town. And he was telling yeah. me one time someone stopped and was, like, is that a wild pig? <laughs> uh, no, it wouldn't have a leash on it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know he always told me, he's like, I don't really go too far with them because I don't really know how people would appreciate that, but hey, you got to get exercise. And I have seen him at, at your old house, too. I saw him in there one day, and I see he used to, before he got real fat, he used to sleep in Ben's bed, I know. And then I think it, it's a little harder for him now. Yeah, and plus he would, like, kick Benjamin and whatnot, and so Benjamin would kick him back. and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember, like, they used to get, he used to, like, really irritate Ben at times, because Ben would be like, he'd jump up on my bed and won't leave and makes a mess, and it's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely fought a little bit, which is funny. <laughs> so, yeah, so some species of civets um, can live up to 20 years old. They usually don't, um, most likely due to predation or environmental conditions, but, or... They are hunted sometimes, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, so they, they can live up to 20. So not really like, you know, how long a turtle or a tortoise can live or anything like that or a bird. But, I mean, that's a decent lifespan when you think your average, you know, cat and dog lifespans, you know, what, 10, 15 years. So they live a little bit longer than and that. And they even live in the wild. So that's saying a lot of difference there. Yeah, that's a lot harder. Um, the young, uh, the mother does kind of make a burrow for them. Um, they like to live in trees, so they can go up in trees because of those claws, and they like to eat things that fall from the trees, as I mentioned, like fruit and stuff. Uh, they are territorial, uh, they have five digits on each of their paws with the non-retractable claws that we mentioned. Um, so yeah, is there anything else you had about them that found interesting before we get into hunting and science? Uh, the coffee. The coffee. Yeah, the uh, so, Kopi Luwak. <laughs> Kopi Luwak. So that's that's in Indonesia. And there's another version called Kaf Kut Chon. And that's the version from Vietnam. Oh, okay. I said in those different versions. I did read that you can buy it in the United yeah. States. It's the mm -hmm. most expensive coffee in the world, sometimes costing upwards of 80 US dollars for a cup. Oh my god. And it's kind of gross. I've heard there's a lot of bogus too. Well,. I guess the coffee might not be yeah. gross, but the way it's the yeah. way they make it and how they do it is kind of gross. Yeah, and, and for the record, I think I've heard of Kopi Luwak. I think I remember hearing about it in like a weird... One of my biologist professors told us, I think. I feel like he told us one time, or she, I don't know who, but one of them I think told us one time about this just to kind of get us interested. Um, so yeah, so what makes them so... What makes a coffee taste so good, Wally? Um, so... It's actually made from partially <laughs> digested beans picked out of the civet's feces. So, 
what happens is they, in the wild, they're very particular about which uh, the beans they eat. But so sometimes they, they're farmed there, like they're put in cage and they're force-fed these coffee beans. And... Which is not now, good. No, it's, it's highly unethical. <laughs> but in the wild, what are some people companies do and they say these ones actually taste better since they're very particular they only pick the best beans to eat they go out Mm. and they just kind of follow them around they pick up their feces they pick the beans because there's um, digestive enzymes in their stomach which actually change the protein structure of the bean so when it's partially digested it comes back out they pick it out it actually makes the coffee less acidic and more smooth I've heard it described from Slate as it gives it a robust flavor. Uh, National Geographic has a really cool article on it. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, you, you feed coffee beans to these cats, and... They're not cats. If you do it... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> these civets. They look like cats. I can't keep getting it out. Even another, I know we said four times that they're closer to monkeys. And even now, some of them even called civet cats. It's like, Civic cats, know. yeah, so they do call them that. We can call them cats, I'm fine with that. They're cats, but they're not I'll felines. Yeah, they're not felines. They look like cats. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> civets. So you can do it ethically or unethically. You can put them in a bunch of cages and feed them beans, and whenever they poop them out, they taste better. Or you can go around in the wild and do it and pick them out, and they taste better. So no matter what, you're basically using them as like a... They add taste accordingly to these beans, and they make them really valuable. So they kind of poop gold in a way. And it's, I don't know if maybe people who sell them, if it's going to say how they got it, if they did it by free-range ones or if they did it by ones that are forced. Yeah. Because it is extremely unethical to keep them in a cage and just force-feed them these beans. Like, Mm. that's... Yeah, and some people probably wouldn't... I know some people don't like it because, you know, think about coffee drinkers. Some of them just want a good cup of coffee, it's clean, it's easy, you know, it's a plant, and you know, yeah, that's there's dirty stuff in the industry, but a lot of people that like coffee, like, are particular about it, and they think, ew, if this thing pooped out those, that's disgusting, so that's another reason people don't really like it, but if people try it, they sometimes, I know, are like, wow, I'm not a big coffee drinker, if I knew that it came from in the wild, happy civet, I would I would try it. If I knew it came from a cage civet, I would not want to try it. No, like if it was from one that people just went around collecting the beans out of their feces yeah. as they're in the wild, I'd be fine yeah. trying that. I mean, I don't even like coffee, but I still kind of want to try it. Yeah, and like compare it against like Folgers or McDonald's or something, you know? <laughs> like, oh, how much better does this taste? So, that's interesting. Um, and if I ever fulfill my biological dream of traveling the world and doing a bunch of random things, hopefully I find it, pick it out of the poop, and I can make my own coffee somehow. But that'll be a long way off. <laughs> Add that to my to my bucket there list. I might actually start one of those. Make coffee from civet poop. Naturally and ethically. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Now imagine that job. What do you do? Well, I go around and I look for turds and I find coffee beans in them and I sell them to Americans. <laughs> <laughs> or Indonesians or Vietnamese or whoever wants these dang things. Mom, maybe that's why it's so expensive. It, it probably is because it, it's hard, you know. And, like, industries that, that do that with, like, putting them in cages and stuff still can't 
do it major scale because they don't want people to find out about it. You know, if you look at a building and they're like, yeah, that's where a bunch of stiffets are. They're just in one foot cages and they poop all day. It's like, oh, this isn't good. No. So, yeah. So that's not the only shady thing about civets. And part of the reason that we have scientific issues that we can get to in a little bit here is the fact that in some places, namely in China, they are eaten. And they apparently have a gamey taste. And due to, I guess, how much fruit that they eat in the wild, whenever you roast the animal whole, which is apparently the best way to cook it, um, they produce kind of a fruity fragrance. So that's interesting. And there's actually a couple dishes that use it. One of them is called, it's called, let's see here. Let me find the name. I don't want to mix this up. This is interesting. Uh, It's called Dragon Tiger Phoenix Soup. Have you ever heard of that? Dragon Tiger Phoenix Soup. Yes. I've never heard of it, but I'd probably try it. In the, I don't know, <laughs> wait till you hear what it is. So it is the, it's not, it's usually in the, it's a delicacy in the Guangdong province of China. And I imagine it's eaten throughout other places as well. So, so as I said, dragon, tiger, phoenix. So the dragon is snake. So they cook snake, sometimes cobra. So that's the dragon. The phoenix is the chicken. So they just put regular chicken in there. Well, how do they get the tiger, out of chicken? I don't know. And it's just a regular everyday <laughs> chicken too. It's not anything special. <laughs> so so the, the tiger is the civet. But so it's cats. civet snake chicken soup. Yeah, that's what they call it though. They call it, that's the tiger. I mean, snakes aren't dragons and chickens are not phoenix. But... No, but dragons would be reptiles and phoenixes would be birds. Yeah. Which are also and tigers reptiles, resemble. I mean. yeah. yeah, and tigers resemble it, sort of. I'd still actually be willing to try it, to be honest. Yeah, I may. I don't know. And then sometimes I heard that the, uh, the they use chrysanthemum petals in the soup. So... I don't know what it tastes like. I know they've said that the, the meat itself has a gamey taste. I have heard some people do like what, gamey what things. Gamey? You know, they I think gamey is like it doesn't really taste very processed. I've heard people around here whenever they eat like, you know, duck or chicken and stuff like that, they kinda refer to it as like, okay, it's not really gamey. And if someone's like, Oh, have you ever had squirrel or whatever? It's like, well that's kinda gamey. It's like small animal meat that isn't usually eaten and you it has like a distinct taste oh okay like hey you knew this thing came like game like you like you know this came from the like, wild i mean i've eaten like deer before like non-processed of course it, yeah deer isn't really gamey i don't know it's like a specific you know like this normally isn't food that's kind of the stuff he jared's eat. eating snake i'll have to ask him what it tasted like yeah i don't think snake is considered gamey the snake i believe is like a white meat I don't know. Um, yeah, so so that's there you go. So dragon, tiger, phoenix soup. I wonder if we can get that anywhere and, around here. Yeah, I, I doubt it <laughs> <laughs> because of a viral outbreak. <laughs> that's a fair point. I'm pretty sure the civets are illegal in the states anyway. But I don't know if importing their are. meat would be or not. Um, if it's cooked pre-entered the United States, maybe. But I know customs are very picky about that stuff, so I don't know. Before we get into that, there's one other thing they're used for. So they have a musk 
And did you read it all about the Musk that they have? Not Elon Musk, like Elon Musk. biological Musk. I've read a little bit about it. I've heard <laughs> that it like is used to make like perfumes and whatnot. Yeah, so it's used to make high-end perfumes. And in the 17th century, it was actually considered kind of like a do-all medicine. People said that you could just kind of rub it on yourself or whatever and everything would be okay. I don't know how true that was. I'm guessing not very. But it was used in perfume. Um, I've also heard that it's used in some, some sweets, some candies, um, some alcohol-based things like rum, some butter, and also in cigarettes. So it's not really the best thing to use. You can collect it from them in the wild once again it's not necessarily natural and you know because this is you know their chemicals that you're messing with but obviously this leads to a lot of them being kept in cages fed tons of coffee beans and you collect their musk for perfume which isn't necessarily ethical but it's actually being replaced there's a synthetic lab-grown or lab-produced alternative to their musk and it's actually called civitone so it's like a chemically so, made in, in labs. Yeah, so mm-hmm. like you have your acetone and all that, and like, you know, the acetyl groups and all that stuff that you name things out. Well, this is civitone, named after civets. And that helps so <laughs> that, that way they don't cool. have to keep on unethically treating them. I mean, yeah. whether or not the unethical treatment of animals will ever truly stop, it's hard to tell. But Yeah, it, it probably won't, because there's, there's always people out there that'll be like, I want the real stuff, not this synthetic garbage you know which okay you're gonna kill things hey, don't get me wrong i mean i'm never gonna quit eating beef or ham or ham or chicken or turkey yeah but like i would i would have a hard time being a vegan or a vegetarian like one thing i don't know if i'd ever be able to eat like lobster just knowing how they're cooked yeah it's very sad i've heard that that like the best way to cook a lobster which you're probably thinking of is to just Take it alive and, and boil Which is it. It's horrible. Like, why are they even allowed doing it, that? It's. And they scream. And I know it's not like them screaming. I think it's the, 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 the heat, like, seeping into their, you know, claws and, and things. They kind of make us hiss. And I know they make noise too. And it's just Painful sad. Painful way to go. Yeah, I couldn't do it. It is. And I know that a lot of the food that we eat, processed, definitely comes from you know, farms that have diseased chickens on top of each other and awful living conditions and are abused and all that, which I don't like that. I know it's very hard to avoid it because, quite frankly, it's it takes a lot of time and effort to go through and figure out which foods are, are well-produced and which aren't. There's some companies that I definitely do try to avoid. I try to avoid Tyson because I know they do that stuff, so I do try to avoid their stuff. And, like, it's the um, meat industry Purdue. has come a long way there, like, what was that book? Yeah, the Jungle? and I, I could be wrong. Yeah, The Jungle. I, I could be wrong. Maybe these companies are a little bit I better. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it's still not the greatest, yeah. but I'm sure it's come a long yeah. way from what it was. Yeah, we had to read The Jungle in middle school, and I mean, that, that basically told the meatpacking district of New York and the, before the FDA was, you know, robust as it is no, today. That books made the government and, go in and actually check these places and see how bad they really are. Yeah, well, they basically said that, you know, you have people working in these awful conditions, and they said occasionally you'd have a giant vat and someone would fall in it, and they'd just be like, oh, whatever. Like, that's awful. <laughs> like, that's just, that's beyond disgusting. <laughs> What's interesting, though, is, like, the yeah. FDA has guidelines for food, like meat and stuff like that, 
but they are actually yeah. allowed a certain amount of insects, a certain amount of feces, a certain amount of this in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Um, and that's not to say that they're like, gross, we all... but it's, when you're producing so much yeah. meat, it's inevitable. Yeah, you're right. And, and in some cases, too, um, in some cases as well, you know, you... We all eat a certain amount of dirt every year, you know. We all, you know, and some people do more than others. You know, some people would drop a French fry on the floor in their own house. They don't have any animals or not, and they'd be like, "Well, I'm just gonna eat it." You know, they eat a little bit of dirt. You know, they might have eaten stuff on it, but like, look at even you know, like milk products and stuff. There's certain amounts of bacteria that are allowed in milk. You know, and and then you know, dairy and and cheese and things like that. Obviously, you know, Swiss cheese is is due to. Uh, propionic bacteria making those holes with the propionic acid it's like that stuff's really important but at the same time you don't want to have an overrun of the stuff that can hurt no, you like i mean i drop food on the floor i don't eat it you yeah. don't eat it yeah i, I, I in my high. in my past year <laughs> yeah in in my past years i i will and i i try not to anymore partially because my dog drags in disgusting things, plus he eats it usually if it's like a french fry, and I'm like, well, there you go, it made his day. I don't really want to eat that off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, if it's something that I can alter, sometimes I will. Like, if it's like a bun, I can just like rip off all the parts that hit the floor, I'll do that. But most of the time, it's like, yeah, you're right, it's just disgusting. If I'm like peeling a potato and it falls on the floor, I'll pick it up and wash it off. Yeah, well, that stuff's true too, because I mean, you can but wash it. If I drop that. a meatball like, on the floor, I can't. ain't washing that off. Plus, these two cats, like a toaster is a long haired cat, so she sheds a lot. And I don't want hair all over yeah. it. And it's not like I'm a germaphobic yeah. or anything like that. I just. I know enough about it, like. Mm-hmm. That's gross. Like, I ain't eating that. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, I can't say as I blame you. Plus, cats, cats do drag in a lot of disgusting things and disease sometimes, and you don't really want to do no. that. Like, this cat toaster is sitting beside me right now. She's still she's still very tentative with Rachel. She'll let Rachel touch her a little bit, and that's about it. Rachel picks her up, and she freaks out. So she really only likes you? Yeah, like, wherever I'm at, she comes, and she sits with me. I can pick her up, and she'll just sit there. Because that's how... She's a rag doll, which is how they got their name. When you pick them up, they kind of... Their whole bodies just go limp, like a rag doll, which is how yeah. they got their names. So I pick her up, and yeah. that's what she does. She just... Goes completely limp. That's interesting. She just took a liking to me for some reason. Well, dang. And she's a true cat, not a fake cat. You have a buddy in the cat, though. She's she's a a true cat, not a fake cat. Not a fake cat. So she is is not anything related to a civet. No. (laughs) Although I have, like, I did a lot of research on ragdolls really interesting breed because they actually act more like dogs they have the loyalty of a mm-hmm. dog like i said online like they'll follow their owners if you want to call them owners whatever you want to call them i know that's probably not the correct term but they'll follow their owners around everywhere mm-hmm. so like honestly like i walk really? in the bedroom she comes in after me i walk out here to start playing games something she comes out after me like that's crazy and they're actually they're an expensive breed most kittens mm-hmm. go up for like because of their colors. Yeah, they have a, they have a weird coloring, and I don't know why why exactly else they're expensive, but 
kittens can start off at around four hundred dollars for a rag doll. No, That's I didn't insane. say that. And you got it from a shelter. No, we right? found her uh, outside of Rachel's mother's house. She had no microchip, no collar. She had a wound on her side from a fight with a dog. Oh my god! So I didn't want another cat, but the wound and everything, I was like, "All right, I think we can take her." Yeah. And she was for the first month or so, she wouldn't let either one of us get near her. She was hissing, growling. Mm-hmm. But her, and she got we used got her to, to the vet because where Rachel works, and they fixed her up. Her her wounds healing really well. The hair starting to grow back. Huh. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, she's a good cat. The other one, not so much. Nah, he he's a good cat. He <laughs> he can just be a bit of a jerk sometimes. Like most cats, yeah. But no, he is. Yeah. <laughs> he, especially with Rachel. Like, cause Rachel yeah. has like depression and whatnot. So, if she's ever in a depressive mood, he'll always be there with her. So that's kind of more of his buddy, and you have this one. Yeah, but Ra- Rachel's had that cat since he was born. Uh, that makes sense then. Oh, interesting. Jeez, your whole family ends up with lots of cats, don't they? <laughs> yeah, for some reason. My next hmm. pets, I'm going to get her uh, Madagascar hissing cockroaches, though. Oh, that'd uh, be awesome. My one biology professor has it. So did mine. This first time I ever handled them, they're, they yeah. were awesome. They so are I want to cool. get a couple of them. Is he, I guess whenever... I guess he took them home from school one time because they had to mate in like a different temperature or something. And I guess his wife's like, what? Like, what the heck? And he's like, they have to mate. And she's like, why are they in my house? <laughs> they, they have to have a very like, high humidity. Yeah, and if they don't, if they don't get that, yeah. they won't mate. He's like, I remember him talking to us about it one day. He's like, I'm trying to get them to mate, and they're not going very well. See, hers, my professor, hers didn't hiss because they were so used to being handled. Yeah, these ones would hiss a but little bit. But they can get up to six inches long. They, they'll eat crazy. pretty much anything. They'll eat dog food, cat food, lettuce, whatever you give them, they'll eat it. Oh, that's cool. I think it'd be cool to do that. I don't know. I'd love to, like, I don't know. I know my plan in life is to be a doctor, but I still care about other aspects of biology, and I kind of just want to, like, have a room in my house someday that's just full of critters. Oh, we plan on getting the Madagascar hissing like, cockroaches. Rachel yeah. wants a bearded dragon. We're gonna cool. get a bunch of snakes. I'd like to have a. I'd like to have like a some sort of like controlled greenhouse though, so I don't have to put everything in cages because cages are awful. You know, like it'd be cool to be able to just like go in a room, and like open a door and you're just like in their habitat and like it's like a dirt floor, like it's like a you know almost like a greenhouse but more insulated to control the temperature. That would be really cool. Like I mean I know cages aren't yeah. the best, but. For some of them, it would be hard because some snakes are territorial. Some snakes aren't going to get along with other snakes. Oh, yeah, snakes, you kind of so, have to. And, like, cockroaches, like, they don't care. They're, you know, Like, small. right now, <laughs> I have, uh, like, a 150 or 200-gallon tank for Sir Hiss. So she's got a lot of room. But I eventually plan yeah. on bu- building one or buying one that's, like, six or seven foot tall by, like, four or five feet wide. And, like, some oh branches. Because that way she has room to go up. She can go outwards over... It gives her more freedom. What's her lifespan? Um, ball pythons can live 20 to 30 years. And how old do you think she is? When we got her, she maybe was about six months, if that. 
So we got her in 2017, so maybe four years old. Maybe. So three to four. Yeah, if they're, if they're kept well, if you keep up with their diet, they can live a long life. Oh, so you have her for a while. Yeah, it's going to be really sad if I have her for like 30 years and then she dies. So she's only like three or four. So that means that if you have a kid, which you are. Yeah, when? <laughs> when? So, like, you are having a kid now. So that means that the snake could see the kid's 20th birthday or more? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's like, you know, like, I had a, like, we didn't get any pets until like I was older like I remember getting our first dog and she was still basically part of my life for 15 years and it was crazy and 16 years I believe almost and 16 I can't remember now 15 or 16 years anyway long time so it almost felt whenever she died that it was like wow she's been there forever because you know you 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 make more memories the older you get and, you know, bef I don't have a ton of memories before I got her, you know, just kind of bits and pieces here and there. But after her, I have, you know, a million memories, more than that. Oh, yeah. So that's crazy, so, though. Like, the, like your kid, like, the snake will be older than the kid. I actually just looked it up. The oldest recorded ball python reached 48 years old in captivity. Oh, my God. And they live an average of 30 that's years. That's crazy. And you are good to it. It doesn't have a rough life. It doesn't have a lot of stress. And if you keep its diet very routine. Yeah, they're very, they're very crazy. docile. Like, I can handle her. Now, after she eats, I won't handle her for a couple of days because that can upset their stomach and then they could end up regurgitating their food. Which is good. So that also helps her. Yeah, you're going to have that snake forever, Walter. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's why I can't wait to get a house that's of cool, her own because her cage is, it's a decent size, but she needs bigger. She needs room to go up. Yeah, she, she needs, needs room more. to go outwards. So yeah. eventually I would like to either buy one or get someone to build me one. That would be a really nice one, maybe with a built-in humidity gauge and all that fun stuff. Oh, that'd be cool. I had a humidity gauge in there on the side of the tank and she ripped it off. Dang, that'd be a fun project though, Walter. That'd be yeah, because you'd have to make sure it can still... Uh, it can retain the humidity, so like nice thick glass, but also have enough air mm -hmm. ventilation in there for her. We could make that a podcast episode. Oh yeah, because I mean, before I got her, I did a lot of research. Yeah, we could make that a podcast episode. I'll do a travel when you get a house. And we'll build a thing, and then we'll talk about it. Man, someday... If we got the YouTube thing. Oh, speaking of that, we didn't announce that. We're getting to the end here, so we'll have to announce yeah, that. But we'll um, have to announce if we eventually do yeah. like live yeah. videos on YouTube, we could get together someday mm -hmm. and actually show her and like explain some things about her. And... Yeah, that'd be fun. So, two more things before we do some announcements and settle down. Um, I did just a quick check because I wanted to make sure I wasn't giving anybody anything wrong. Um, on the jungle. It actually said his, uh, this is from Cliff's notes. It said his famous controversial example of the man falling into the vat and becoming fertilizer is presented as realistic when in all probability it is very far-fetched. 
So Arthur Sinclair did write this for political gain of his ideas, trying to push away this, this cruelty and stuff. So, you know, could it have happened? Yeah. Could things like that have been really nasty in the meatpacking industry as well as just, you know, everything going on without the FDA? Yeah, bad things happen. And we know for a fact that, you know, rats and stuff definitely could have been cooked in there. But this is kind of one of those things that he kind of just put in as an anecdote that people can accept and don't. Just wanted to correct on that because some people, if you're into English, might, in history, might be like, that didn't happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's always good to correct on things. Just so I know because... Yeah, and the only other thing is the reason why uh, we talk about civets, as we mentioned earlier, they were the presumptive intermediate for the original SARS outbreak of 2003. So that was the coronavirus that's not the one that's currently plaguing the nation in 2020. And um, that, so that's what happened. And they did the tests and found out that they could you know, live within these things. And that is why it was an issue. So the SARS um, was a virus. It went from bats to most likely civets, and then it went to humans. It was responsible for, I believe, 800 deaths in around the 2003 era. It was in a thing from 2002 to 2004, um, and there were about 8,000 cases, so it had about a 10% um, death rate, which was not good. Uh, definitely a little bit more lethal than the one right now, from the percentage point, but at the same time, right now we're at half a million cases around the world, so this one definitely spreads more than that one. Yeah. Very much so. And also, I want to before we forget um, our sources yeah. this week. Uh, we used, in no particular order here, the uh, Wikipedia mm-hmm. Britannica National Geographic, which is the one that has a really good article about that uh, coffee. Uh, Science Direct, mm-hmm. The Guardian, uh, NCBI. And A to Z Animals. And also Slate, okay. which I mentioned earlier. They had an interesting I saw the word Slate, but I wasn't sure if that was a source or not. So I... <laughs> yeah, I actually, um, I, I, they're, they do some decent political news. And I actually, for anybody listening that wants to read more on civets, it's a little bit hard to find info on them. Because whenever you type in civet, the only things that really come up are the and coffee SARS. thing and, and SARS I've and the musk that. thing. So... So actually, a to z animals.com, a-z-animals.com, they had a really, really interesting one on the African civet that I read on, and that was actually, dun-dun-dun, on the second page of Google. Most of my info came from Wikipedia, <laughs> which I know you can't use that yeah. source when you're doing, like, schoolwork, but it is not, it's not a bad source. No, I've had a lot of professors recently that say, look, if, if, it's, if it's good info... Like, you can use Wikipedia. Like, you don't have to be, like, high school where they say it's garbage. It's really not. And the other thing is, Wikipedia is one of the best places to find um, information on, like, phyla. So, like, if you want to find out the kinglin or the order or something like that, because if you just type in a species, it just kind of gives you in that little sidebar. So, it's very helpful. So, if you type in Homo sapiens, it'll give you the whole lineage, So which is good, because, you know, it's hard to find that. And it's hard to find a website that does it as eloquently as, as uh, Wikipedia does. And we also tend to skip over suborders had... and subfamily and sub this, sub that, and for this. Because that goes, yeah. we just do the main. And a lot of times, it gets crazy. Yeah, well, no one knows what it means anyway. And does anybody know what Vivira Day or, you know, Nemena Day, you know, whatever no. we said. <laughs> what is it? But I think we did Nemena do an episode Day. on Nemena the classification Day. of animals <laughs> once. Or at least that was in an episode. We did. Yeah, that was in an episode. 
Um, and it, it, people don't know what it is, but you know the people that are, are the taxonomists of the world will understand what it is. The people that want to learn about civets more will know, and then it, it's there for other people. You know, you know, like Animalia cordata, Mammalia carnivora, those are you know very very broad. People should know those, and then you know Homo sapiens, you know, we know what that is. <laughs> um, so yeah, very interesting. And the other thing is, I had a a teacher in high school that told us this. He always used to say, if you want to do a research paper, go on Wikipedia, look up what you want, and then use the sources of Wikipedia <laughs> sites. Because if you do that, it's just, it's just a Google search, only it's done for you. You know, it's not just Which everything, teacher was you know? that? That was Mr. Lewis. No, I didn't have Thank him. you, Mr. Lewis. Now, he was pretty new, but he always used to tell us that. He's like, go on Wikipedia, guys, and don't, don't cite Wikipedia. I'm not going to like that. But if you want, go to the bottom of the page. Click on those little, you know, the little numbers, the, the superscript numbers, and go to those sites because that's where they get their info. Yeah, he, had, he had a lot of good tasks like that, and it helped a lot. And people don't always realize that, but if you can't find info, do that because Wikipedia is basically an essay. Oh, it is. There's it. a lot of good information on Wikipedia. Yeah, it is. It's just, yes, it's questionable, and yes, it's, it's you know, open source and all that so people can go on and edit it. But at the same time, you know, it's used enough that a lot of the big pages, you know, like something like for a civet or for, you know, 9-11, or if you're, you know, you're doing something that was like, you know, a major topic, it's going to be reviewed. a big jump there. From civets to 9-11. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, civets to 9-11, if you want to look up Apple, if you want to <laughs> look up, you know, like the a B-52 bomber, like, you know, big things like that. And like, yeah, if you're looking up like, the guy that you know from your hometown that plays video games that just happens to have a Wikipedia page, like, mm, it's probably right. Maybe not. I don't know. But, like, you know. Speaking of video games. Speaking of video games. We have something else planned. Uh, This Sunday, we're actually going to start streaming and doing, like, a podcast-esque type of thing. It'll be more more casual. Mm -hmm. We'll probably still have a general topic we're going to discuss, but... We might still go off on rants about random other things. Mm-hmm. So, we're just going to play some games, and we're going to see how it goes. And we're going to start off this Sunday and do it at 10 p.m. And basically, it's going to be less structured than our normal podcast, but we're still going to talk about science, and it's still going to have some sort of a topic. So, we're just going to play, and you can watch us play. And we're just going to talk about science for an hour or two. And then when we're done, we'll post it on YouTube so people can watch it on there. And if you do not want to watch it at all and you just want to listen to us talk about science, we will put it on uh, the podcast site like we usually do. So we'll just strip the audio and just upload it as a bonus podcast. Yeah, and it's going to be streamed on Mixer under Of Two Minds and Of Two Minds Cast because we're going to co-stream it. So we had to create two different accounts with two different names. Yeah, of the same thing. (laughs) So, yeah. So, tune in, and we hope you enjoy. And, yeah, it should be a very interesting, interesting episode. Um, I'm probably going to... I might rearrange our episodes a little bit here, because I have a couple that need to go up, but I kind of want this one to go up um, first. That's a good point. I didn't even think of that. (laughs) Um, And... We kind of talked about the civets, which are kind of interesting, and the SARS and everything, and it's kind of a break from the 
the stuff that we talked about. So I'm probably going to rearrange these, so forgive my comments in them about our orders. So we're going to, this one will be out this week. Sunday, we're going to have our first this streaming Sunday, event. This Sunday, 10 p.m. And Eastern then, Standard Time on Mixer under Of Two Minds and Of Two Minds Cast. Yes. And then the next following episodes, we're going to do one on viruses. So that'll bring us back to the topic of the coronavirus and such. And then we're also going to talk about another episode two weeks down the line about the female reproductive tract. So stay tuned to that. And then after those two episodes, we will have some other new episode of interesting topic to talk to people about. And if anybody has any suggestions, whether it's a formal do some research and tell us about it like civets, or if it's, hey, let's just talk casually about it on the stream, we'd love to hear it. Email us at of2mindscast at gmail.com and find us at that handle on pretty much all social media and medium. And for now, um, the the signed streams will be on Sundays at 10, but it could change, but we'll obviously make sure we make note of that and let people know before we change it. Yes, for the next couple weeks, though, most likely they will be at 10. Um... And, yeah, we're going to see how that goes. Hopefully it'll just be a nice casual conversation and we can pick a topic and just kind of talk about it and talk about our experiences with it. That's kind of a great place to talk about, you know, what our personal opinions are and what we think about biology and our experiences in, in school and things like that. Um, yeah, so because we don't, we don't have to have, like, a specific, you know, script in front of us like we do tonight. Of civet facts across my... Yeah, and I think tonight's episode went pretty well. I think it was more conversational. Yeah, so in the couple episodes that follow, we were a little bit um, formal at times, and we're trying to test out this new way. Because I think it went a lot better. I think it's a good way. We'll have, we have a, I'm sitting in front of a wall of information. We just pick some of it and talk about it, and it's a more interesting way for people to actually learn about this stuff instead of... The civet is found in sub-Saharan Africa. You know what I mean? You don't want to listen to that. No one wants to listen to that. Who wants to listen to that? Because nah. I know, I, I listen to a decent bit of podcasts, and I know what I like, and I know most of my podcasts are that have two people or more in them. It's conversational. You know, they talk about their lives, and they talk about the topic, and they discuss it. No one wants to listen to a podcast on their way to work of just people droning on about, you know, that's called a YouTube video, and other people do that better. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Especially because you know? YouTube videos, they can sit yeah, there and they can goop. edit stuff out if they need. I mean, I guess we could do that too, technically, but... Yeah. Yeah, plus, I don't know about everybody, but I'm a very, very visual person, so sometimes I have to see stuff, and I, I can't really learn from a podcast. But if someone's talking about it in a podcast, I can learn from that, because it's like I'm interested and I'm drawn in. But I used to try to do that. I used to try to listen to, uh, like, Khan Academy videos on the way home from work and stuff and school or whatever. I'd put them on in my, my truck and just kind of set the phone down and listen to them through the, the uh, speakers. And it's like, I have no idea what's going on. And if I look, I'm going to wreck. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I can't look. I can't be watching it, obviously. That's not appropriate while driving. Don't do that. People will die. But, like, I have no idea what's going on. And he's drawing a brain, but, like, I can't see it. So it's like, this is stupid. <laughs> After a while, I was just like, I'm just going to watch them when I get home. I don't care anymore. <laughs> This is oh, dumb. yes, definitely. If, you, if you're reviewing, it's not a bad thing. Or if you want to, like, go into voice memos on your phone and, like, record stuff for an exam and want to listen to it on the way to school or something, that's kind of a good idea. 
But yeah, try don't watch videos and drive. You'll you won't know what's going on. Or you'll wreck and either one isn't good. Yeah, and for our stream, I'm, I don't know when it'll be uploaded to YouTube, once we figure out the whole editing process. Yeah, we kind of have to figure out how we want to do it with the screens and stuff. Um, but yeah, it should be interesting. It should be fun. And another method for people to do that. And we're going to try to expand our quality and stuff going forward. Yeah, and then so, yeah. um, also, as usual, just remember that you matter. Don't die. You matter. And plants suck. Unless they <laughs> raise your family. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait until, like, your kid listens to this someday. Unless we're, like, no, no, maybe he's, he'll be, he or she will be too cool yeah, for us. can't be too cool know. for science. But if they're not, he can't be, yeah, you'll be, get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> science is dumb. You'll be like, oh, son, daughter, Especially get if your daughter is going to be named after something scientifical. I bet she goes to business school. <laughs> I bet she's an accountant. But how great would it be if she <laughs> fell in love with biology? That'd be pretty fun. What if she met a guy named, like, Guanacine or something? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, I guess A and G really don't work. No, that's true. A with T. He'd need yeah, she'd thymine need thymine. or Uracil. Mm, Uracil that's sounds a like point. a girl. Well, she be a lesbian. You don't know. Thymine. <laughs> I guess you're right. I mean, like Tim, like you could call him like Tim, like T Y M, like T H Y M. I don't know. <laughs> Yo, Tim, it's Tim. Like I said, wait, am I gonna call her adenine or do I call her Ad A? Nucleic acid. Well, I mean, like my cousin's name is Addison, and like people call her Addie, and like yeah, Ad Addie. I Addison. just want to call her an atrocious face. Like that's kind of a thing. You can hey. call her that too. Hey, you got <laughs> Technically, her, Technically, her nickname yeah, is A. Work. Yeah, that's true. That's going to be really awkward, though, if she has a lot of biology classes in high school and college, and they're like, I don't need, and she's like, that's my name, and someone's like, You're your parents are nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I picked on by the other nerds. Yeah. But yeah, like, anyway, you're he, she, whatever they decide to be female male whatever um listens to our podcast and is like wait a minute you hated plants you worked for them for like two years or five years or you still do or what <laughs> you're working with drugs technically <laughs> but they're plant well, drugs. i mean technically <laughs> cocaine also come from a plant so <laughs> you're working there next i'm gonna be working with uh, medical <laughs> cocaine See, instead of using marijuana as a as a gateway drug, you're gonna use it as a gateway job. (laughs) That's true. Look at that gateway drug, gateway. I I bet this is an addicting job. Uh, I'm gonna be high off this job. Oh, oh man, that's you really get high at this place. Stupid puns. (laughs) Your boss listen to this. They'd already fire you, or they'd love it. I don't know. Maybe they're that kind of people. Yeah, they listen and see how many times they say plants suck. Yeah, they might be like, all right, dude, we're done with you. You <laughs> need that kind of attitude here. This negativity, unnecessary all right, negativity. you're the boss. <laughs> all right, fine, all right. <laughs> yeah, so definitely tune in um, all right, Sunday well, on is Mixer. Is anything else this week, Walter? Uh, yeah, so tune in Sunday at 10 on Mixer. After that, find us on our usual stuff. 
this podcast episode will hopefully be up within the next day or two, so everybody will have enough time to... Would you be able to put the name of out. the mixers in the description? Yeah, that way just yeah, in case. That. That way... Yeah, I'll put the links in. Yeah, I'm going to try to get this uploaded uh, by tomorrow night, so then it'll be up all day Sunday for people to listen to and hopefully attend the mixer. Yeah. So, yeah. And then give us feedback, and you can even ask so, us yeah, questions right. while we're streaming. Yeah. We will answer them to our best abilities, or we will ignore them because we don't want to. Yeah, either way. <laughs> either way. <laughs> Depending on the question That's and right. how focused it is. Or if we know the answer. If not, we'll just Google it real quick. Yeah, well, we can just do a quick Google. Absolutely. All right. All right. So thank you for listening. And Absolutely. Thank you thank for joining you. me, Walter. And it's been a fun episode, and we hope you learned something yeah, about absolutely. civets. Absolutely, They're cool little non-cat-looking cats. Yeah, they're not exactly. cats, but they are cats. And tune in next and week for Virus. Sunday back for to... something. Yes, and also stay healthy, social distance, listen to your health authorities, not other authorities. That's right. And, yeah. <laughs> All right, stay have a good safe. day. <laughs> Bye. All right, farewell, Walter.